Hey everybody, uh, this is Caleb Atkins. I'm joined by James Taylor. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the Elephant Club podcast. Yeah, welcome. Um, this first episode, I kind of interview James about what is the Elephant Club and why he wanted to start it in the first place. Yeah, and I hope you'll get a lot out of it. Um, so far, this group We've been meeting for a few months now, and it's been awesome. It's been a lot of guys being very vulnerable about their lives and us encouraging and challenging each other. Yep. Hope you enjoy. Me too. Really excited. Yeah. Um, so this kind of all started because you started Elephant Club, or what became known as Elephant Club. Uh, why don't you go in a bit about what Elephant Club is and how you came up with the idea and your thoughts behind it? Sure. Uh, I have four kids and was previously married for 15 years and now remarried, but I got married at a super young age. I was like 22. And uh, when you get married that young, you're still figuring yourself out in life and adulting. And then we had a baby right away. Like our first year of marriage, we got pregnant and had a baby. I never really knew what the hell I was doing. It was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. And still to this day, it's a lot of flying by the seat of my pants as my kids get older. But what I had a yearning for as I got deeper into my marriage and deeper into parenthood. It was a community of men to gather together and talk about life and try to figure out how we do this thing and do it well. And unfortunately my first marriage failed, but what started elephant club was years and years ago, I had this idea and I didn't jump on it then. But I was reading a book by Donald Miller to own a dragon. And it was talking about his life. It was like, it was a memoir of his life growing up without a father and how that affected him and uh, just his perspective growing up. And at the beginning of the book, he talked about how juvenile male elephants, if they don't have another adult male in their life to teach them how to be a male appropriately and act in their world. They become super aggressive. They were killing rhinos. Like there was, there's footage on YouTube. You can see this happening. And so they, they had relocated these juvenile male elephants. And when they started killing all these rhinos and stuff, they were trying to figure out how to make them less aggressive. And then they finally discovered that if they brought adult male elephants back into the herd, the adult males taught the juvenile males how to act. And that really struck a chord with me because I had, at the time, I had three boys, and now I have three boys and a girl. And that just really pressed upon my role as a father of like how important it is to teach and guide. And that's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not just, hey, play Legos with my kids and watch Star Wars and go do stuff, which is all important and fun but also I'm training them to be men. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. Did you 
and maybe this is jumping the gun a bit, but did you, did you have that growing up? Did you was your dad around or yeah, that gets what was that like? Yeah, that's part of what plays into it too. Is that my dad was around. I have a lot of good memories with my dad, but the basic stuff, and maybe some people don't get to experience this, but you know, we had we went fishing together. We go camping as a family. He took me to Mariners games, like some pretty standard dad stuff. And that was great. And those are awesome memories for me and things that I share with my own kids. But as far as like actually really teaching me or being a great example of how to be a man in the community and a man in your family and it was lacking. Um, and kind of like the big hurdle for me was when it was my junior, the summer after my junior year of high school, going into my senior year, my dad got uh, convicted for embezzlement and you ended up going to prison for a year, my senior year. And it was pretty, I mean, it was hard. And it was a big deal to me because it was my senior year. I was on the football team. I ended up doing the, one of the high school plays and he missed all that. And mm -hmm. that was like, that was really hard for me. But at the same time, I had a really good group of friends and stuff in high school, but I didn't share any of that. Like, I didn't, my very best friend, Justin, I didn't tell him until just a few years ago. He was blown away. He's like, what? I'll, your dad went to prison? When? And I was like, did I never tell you this? He's like, no, you didn't tell me this. So, you know, I, I didn't, I, one, I was embarrassed. Sure. My dad's in prison. Sure. That's embarrassing. But... I mean, I'm a total screw off in real life now, but I was more, I feel like I was more so almost mm -hmm. like I was acting out in a way yeah. in high school. You know, I was literally nominated class clown. Part of that's just my personality, but I felt like for me, it was a way to just release tension and stuff mm -hmm. at, at school. Um, so yeah, anyways, my dad wasn't around as much as I would like. And that was one thing to me going into parenthood is like, I'm not going to be a dad like that. Backing up a ways further, you know, my dad didn't have a good example of a father. His dad was an alcoholic, um, had affairs on his mom and he had two brothers who ended up dying of alcoholism. Your dad's brothers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My uncles. So there was that too. And so I don't hold my dad like necessarily to like complete fault, but I think for me, once I had my three sons and when I read that part of the book by Don Miller, I was like, okay, I got to break this cycle. You know, his dad was an alcoholic and was carousing around on his wife. My dad had some affairs as well. You know, my parents are divorced now. My dad's remarried and he moved to Texas. Um, and then my uncles both died of alcoholism. My grandpa died of alcoholism and... I felt like for me, my three sons represented a new start for the Taylor name, uh, taking over from my dad and his uncles. It was kind of, which is kind of putting a lot of pressure on me now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel, I need to use the analogy, um, did you have an adult elephant, so to speak, kind of in your life? And this isn't something we've talked about before, but... Did you have anyone, and you don't have to name names or anything, that kind of showed you how to act respectfully or act like a 
good person should? No, that's a really good question. Um, I was thinking about that earlier today because I think you go through phases of life where different people or men or bosses, it could be anybody mm-hmm. really, step into your life and kind of show you like, that's kind of how I want to be. I want to be more like that guy or that woman. Um, so in high school, my junior year was my first year actually playing high school football. And we got a new coach that year. And I really liked the guy. Like he was an awesome guy and uh, just a really good dude. And he was also our, you know, PE and weightlifting instructor at high school too for classes. So I took weightlifting from him and stuff. And me and my friend Justin had that class with him. And we loved him. He was just like a great guy. And it's not like he took me under his wing and like mm-hmm. mo- just just watching him and how he carried himself and how he interacted with the high school students and our football team. He was just modeling it by example. Mm-hmm. The other p- hard part was that summer of my junior year, he got a job offer for a college and he left. And like that was after I found out that my dad was going to prison that I learned my coach and it really pissed me off. You know, looking back now, I get it. Like it was an opportunity for him. He had a young family. You know, but at the same time, I was really pissed at him at the time. Like, why would you leave us? You just got here. Both your dads left. Yeah, <laughs> my football dad left me, and my real dad left me. Sucked. So, so in high school, there's that, and there's a couple teachers too. But also in high school, you know, we went to a small community church. So I went to high school at Mount Baker, little town in Deming, Washington, and there's a little community church called Rome Community Church that we attended. And it was a pretty traditional, it was a really traditional church, but there was just some really sweet people that went to this church. And there was definitely men there. There was a guy that led the um, the high school age, like Bible study group at church on Sunday mornings. His name was Monty. He was a great guy. He, he really would speak into my life at times and you know he encouraged me to read certain books um he was just a super sweet soul and then the pastor his name was paul beck really great guy his family was super sweet but i remember i remember this specifically i believe this trip was the summer going into my senior year but we were our youth group we took a a, our bicycles all out to one of the islands i think it whatever island Friday Harbor's on. Anyways, we took all our bikes out there and we were camping for the weekend. And so we'd load up all our bikes in these vans and it was probably like a dozen high schoolers or something like that and almost as many adults. But Paul, the senior pastor, had me ride in the van with him. And, you know, he just checked in with me and asked me how I was doing and uh, that meant a lot to me. And he, the church was really sweet to our family and, you know, Without being overbearing, they were taking care of us in, a, mm-hmm. in ways, uh, kind of behind the scenes. And there was a couple other youth leaders there, too, that were just, yeah, there were just good models of mm-hmm. people and men and women that were in my life. So at that point in high school, I, th- I think that's kind of where some of that was. As I got older and when I got married, um, throughout time, I, I took stuff from different people. One of them actually being your dad when I was in high school, or excuse me, when I started doing youth ministry with him at Cornwall Church. 
I definitely picked his brain a lot. Um, and just saw how he carried himself and how he loved on those high school kids. And, um, I got a lot out of him just watching him and, and we had plenty of coffee dates and, uh, just discussing life and things like that. So I think your dad definitely played part of it at that point when I was young, as I was meeting my ex-wife, Jen, and then even into my marriage as well, because we still volunteered for the youth group for a while into our marriage. And then throughout time, it's just been different men have stepped in. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important to recognize those people and take that opportunity to talk to them and question them. Like your uncle, actually, Matt, uh, I've, you know, there'll be times where I don't talk to him or see him for months. And then I'll be like, dude, I need to talk to you. This is going on. Cause he's got five kids and you know, he's been through a lot of shit. And, <laughs> and uh, that's the thing I think is finding a man who's slightly older than you, maybe been through a couple steps ahead of you, right? Like yeah. younger kids or yeah. whatever. Um, well, I, and I want to get into that too. Uh, but before that, I want to back up because I'm interested to know like what, what was the family dynamic like when your dad was out of prison to go back home? Oh, like, yeah. Like, what was that like? Because you have a brother and two sisters, so how, yeah. and then, yeah, how was that sure. coming back together? It was weird. <laughs> like, that, that whole time just sucked. Like, I remember my dad sending us letters in prison, and I was so angry at him. I didn't, I never, I don't even know if I ever responded to any single one of them, right? And, of course, he had some real come to, like, literal come to Jesus moments in prison, and he got involved with prison ministry. And at the time, you know, it just sounds like, fluff and bullshit to you because you're like, dude, you had an affair with your mom, my mom, and you embezzled a bunch of money and now you're in prison. You're a jackass. So the other part of it was weird was we didn't really talk about it as a family. It's like, swept in, which is kind of how we handled a lot of our problems, which isn't healthy to sweep all the shit underneath <laughs> the rug. So, and pretend like everything was okay. Um, and I don't know why that all is. I think part of it, my mom was really embarrassed. But I remember the summer, well, again, it must have been the summer going into my senior year. Dad was at prison. And that was our camping trip for the summer. It was, we all loaded up in my mom's Oldsmobile, like just piled all our shit, camping stuff and everything. We camped at a KOA near the prison in Walla Walla. Hmm. And went and visited him and that was super awkward and shitty. But now like we look back and it's a funny story, but it's still super weird. It was like literally going into a prison, like in the movies where you meet in like this weird cafeteria area sure. and the men come out and you sit and talk to them and no touching. <laughs> I said, I got <laughs> Yeah. But when my dad came back, yeah, it was weird. Like, Again, like I said, he had this like come to Jesus moment, right? So he wanted to be involved in the mm -hmm. church. And he wanted to get involved in the prison ministry mm -hmm. here locally. And I don't know. At that point, I kind of put up a wall. I was like, whatever, dude. Mm -hmm. And I still lived at home for a couple more years as I attended the community college and stuff like that. But I was busy with my own stuff and really just kind of aborted mission. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it was a really weird dynamic. And I'm sure my brother and sisters would have a much different perspective because they were, I'm the oldest 
And so I was off to college and doing stuff and busy huh. and working full time where they were still trapped at the house going to school. And I'm sure they had a much different perspective on that. Um, you know, my parents stayed together for quite a few years after that and then ended up getting divorced. But. Hmm. Um, okay, so you had mentioned you were talking about just different points in your life. Um, and it seems like there's, you know, always someone who has either gone through what you're going through or has you've gone through something that they're kind of going through. So um, get into that a bit about what you see for Elephant Club and kind of, um, you know, we've got a guy who's come to the first couple uh, club meetings who literally had his first kid between the meetings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got you, you've got two high schoolers and two middle schoolers and, you know, a couple of folks who've come, who've got, you know, their kids are moved out, they're empty nesters. So what's, what do you see as the benefit of having um, every stage kind of a fatherhood present there? Yeah. I think it's huge because like we saw at our second meeting, having a guy who's been married for 30 years, one, that's encouraging. Mm -hmm. Two, he's got two adult boys who are out of the house, like you said, who I think can give us perspective on things where like, I mean, as an example, you know, our kids are going to at some point probably try weed or try, probably try alcohol or we need to talk to them about sex. And for me growing up, I, my parents didn't talk to me about jack shit as far mm -hmm. as that stuff's concerned. So I'm still like, I don't really know how to approach this, but I also want to be open and honest with my kids as much as possible. And I'm not ignorant. I know they're going to go to a party and probably try a booze or something like that. So talking to them about it. The other thing too is like them having the experience of gone through stuff and be like, maybe the first time your kid comes home trash from a party, he gets dropped off and he's trash. And you're like, how should I discipline him? Or should I discipline mm -hmm. him? Like, what worked for you, what backfired in your face, yeah. you know, I think those things are important. And even it's important too. I think that us as men, we had fathers. So you could share about, Oh, I remember when I did X, Y, or Z and my dad grounded me for a month and that just made me more pissed off and I didn't want to talk to him and I didn't talk to him for another six months. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, well, I don't want that with my kid. Yeah. So you know, it's like a bunch of trial and error stuff, but I think we can learn from each other yeah. from that perspective. And like you said, that guy with the brand new baby, we can all try to encourage him and help him and say what worked for us and didn't work for us. Mm -hmm. And every baby and every kid and every experience is different. So, well, I, I thought it was really interesting too because one of the one of the old farts, his kids are one. I think one's out of school and one's still in high school. Was talking with the younger guy about like, hey, my son isn't doing this or wants to do this. And you shared that you moved to San Francisco or whatever. You tried this and you did this. Like what tips can I have for my son? And I thought it was really kind of cool how it's not just father to father, but it's like, Oh, Hey, you're still fresh off this experience. And how does that, Yeah. what did you think of it? What was good about it? What was hard about it? Yeah. You know, can you come talk to my kid or you know, whatever? Yeah. Um, I think it's just something that's been really lacking, uh, especially here in Bellingham, but just in the, you know, in the church in general, just people from 
you know, I looked around the room and I don't know what anyone's political or theological views are. And yeah. I don't think that matters because no. fatherhood and marriage and relationships is kind of universal, right? Like totally. you can be a Trump loving right winger who's going to keep his guns or die. And you can be a pot smoking socialist on the left side and you can both come together and say like, God, marriage sucks sometimes and it's hard. And yeah. Having kids is really hard. And, I think there's a lot of power in that, in kind of putting the inflammatory stuff, at the, leaving it at the door, and just coming with everything else, which I would argue would be the important stuff. Yeah, and I agree. I think that was one of the things that I hopefully tried to make clear, and I will continue to make clear, is that this is not a religious group. Yeah, we're not going to talk politics mm -hmm. ever. Like, you can do that on your own time. If you want to meet with me and talk politics, that's fine. But we're not going to do that at Elephant Club. That's not mm -hmm. what it's about. It's literally about trying to encourage, support, and challenge each other. And we're all going to go through shit. Like last, the last meeting we had, you know, I came with a, a basic outline of topics and things to talk about if needed. Mm -hmm. But we had two guys share like that their wives didn't want to be married anymore. And so that takes priority and mm -hmm. let's talk about that. And what can we do? And I, I don't know. I felt that was, that was a really great discussion and I learned a lot from it. And that's the thing too. Like I'm not a professional counselor. I'm just a guy who's experienced a lot of stuff in life and I want to be a good husband second time around. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a good father. And one thing I always tell my kids is be a light, like, this world is dark and shitty mm -hmm. at times. And so I try to keep it at the bare basic at that to my kids, like be a light. Like there's too many assholes in this world. There's too many jerks. There's too many, just be a light. And that can be something simple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to do that at work, keep it lighthearted and fun. Um, even though it's a serious job now I'm dispatching. But there's things you can do on a daily basis, whether that's bringing your wife flowers one day and maybe taking one of your kids out for ice cream and having that one-on-one -on -one time like mm -hmm. that's spreading a little light and a little bit of joy in their life and I have no idea what I was going with that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that reminds me you know something that I've been I don't know why I was surprised by this but you know there's that five love languages book that oh, yeah. every Christian person in the world read right you now 10 years ago and maybe they still do I don't know but you know, oh, try to find who your partner is so you can speak their love language, whatever. But what's been really interesting for me is learning to speak my children's love language. Yes. You know, yes. my, my oldest, my nine-year-old, like, she craves one-on-one -on -one time. And it doesn't really matter what we're doing. Yep. Yep. Um, but she wants, you know, she was an only child for five years before we had our second. And she just wants that again. Like, yep. hey, can't the other two go to grandma's house and just three of us go out? And yeah kind of recognizing, you know, she loves her siblings, but also like that one-on-one -on -one time, she got that 100% for five years. Yeah. Whereas the middle, he's a my only boy, and he's so physical, yeah. like very sensitive at the same time. But like today, I just threw him around the living room yeah. and we roughhoused, and he was like, that's all he wants yeah. right now. Right. And that's just kind of refocusing like, 
come home from a 12 hour shift. I'm just shattered. I'm so tired. Yeah. And it's past your bedtime and shut up and go to bed. But yeah. okay, five minutes, we can read a book together, do whatever, you know, and that's really, it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. It is. But I think that's important. And I think that it's really important. But like you said, I think it's important to recognize your kid's love language as well as your spouse or partner um, because we're all different mm-hmm. and it is important. But I think that's really cool that you picked up on that with your with your daughter and your son. Oh, I didn't pick up. This is my wife. That's all <laughs> I Okay, well, I'm glad she told you. Yeah, I'm married to a much better person than myself. And that's good. That's you found a good partner. <laughs> but my oldest is the same. He... He needs that one-on-one mm-hmm. time, and he talks and talks and talks and talks. Like, he just loves to talk. But he loves – we have really great, deep conversations. Then you have my second son who doesn't like to talk about anything. How's your day? You know, it's typical. Good. Give Fine. me homework, baby. Uh, what you do at school? Nothing. Yeah. He's that kid. But he also was the one that loved to roughhouse. He's also the one now that loves to play football, you know, mm-hmm. just smash-mouth football. But he was the one that loved to wrestle and roughhouse. And, you know, we can talk, he and I talk about football together and watch some of the Seahawks games and stuff, where my oldest could give two shits about any of that. But, you know, I do know the things that he does like to do. Like, I took him to a Macklemore concert, and he was just in Mm -hmm. heaven. Like, he loves music and the theatrics of it all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. It's just finding that, how to talk to your kids in their language. It's really important. Yeah. Also, pro tip, if you're, <laughs> at least I've found, um, I think everybody, once they become a parent, one of your love languages is watching your spouse or your partner speaking to your kids in that language. I know, like, when I do stuff for Norm, like, totally. like that fills Hannah's love language up so much, just watching us interact. And the same with her, when she takes time to take, you it's know. It's a panty dropper. Oh, <laughs> well, that wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. Uh, also, I love that our Elephant Club podcast is gonna have to be labeled explicit. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine by me. Oh man, well that derailed me. Oh man, I guess the last thing in in uh, my three notes here is uh, kind of what do you see moving forward with? Elephant Club and with that community. And, yeah. Um, no. There's a couple, well, there's a few things. Mm-hmm. One, you know, initially it was just really organic. It's like, okay, I just need to start this. Yeah. Like, I need to do it. I'm done talking about it. I talked about it years ago with a friend of mine. He's like, we just need to do it. And then I never did because life, busy and mm-hmm. messy. But when my daughter became a preteen, I was like, holy shit, I need to do this Mm because I don't know what I'm dealing with. She's a complete raging psychopath from, and then at the same time, she's a total sweet young girl that wants to cuddle with me on the couch. Like, and I was like, I don't, is this normal? Like what's going on? And so that, I mean, if I'm being honest, that really spurred it to like, I need to get together with other guys and figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do. But, uh, as far as into the future, you know, I see events together as far as like, hey, we're going to do a dad's and daughter's hike or mm-hmm. a dad's and kid's hike, you know, or we're going to go fishing together. 
Um, or they could be just like, we're going to do Husbands and Fathers. We're going to go out and watch the new Fast and Furious movie, get beers afterwards. So there's going to be, like, I want there to be some social aspect sure. where we can just hang out and be together. But also, like right now, just having these once a month gatherings to just be vulnerable with each, with each other and bring up the shit that's going on in our life and how we can help support each other, encourage each other, and like I said, challenge each other. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want it just to be a bitch session and be like, yeah, life sucks, or yes, marriage is hard, and let's have another beer. But I want us to get better. Yeah. Um, and down the road, like I just, I had a coffee with a friend last week, and she said, what are you going to do if this grows way too fast and too big? Which... I don't know what's going to. It could just be 15 people and mm-hmm. that's it. And it could be 300 people down the road. But I'll cross that line when we get there. Yeah. But, you know, that's part of like, I think with the group of guys that we have right now, it's a really cool group of guys. And where we can discuss that option, you know, it might end up being we make it geographical and have pods. Sure. And one in the north part of the county and one in the south part of the county. And then they meet together. But who knows? Maybe we'll just have a meeting where it's 300 dudes once a month and there's a microphone. I don't know. But the bottom line is I just want us to, one, I want to see less divorce. If we can make that happen, great. Because divorce blows ass. Uh, It's such a huge ripple effect throughout everything. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, from you to your family to your kids and then your friends. It's just like this big mess. But... So if we can help prevent divorces, that would be awesome. If we can, you know, have more present fathers mm-hmm. in their households, that would be great. Um, also, like, you know, I think depression is a big issue. I mean, we can go, like, way down the road right now. Yeah. But, you know, depression, suicide talk, like, stuff like that. You know, I had a close friend commit suicide a few years ago, and that was a real light bulb on like holy crap like this is a real deal like somebody you just wouldn't have expected it you know so like i want all that stuff to come out like if it needs to well and i know we had that discussion i i can't remember which which one of the meetings but i and i was kind of dawned on me like this is more than just uh hey let's get together and share tips on how to be better parents better husbands or whatever but it's more of like a Okay, yeah, that's great, but I'm really dealing with X, Y, or Z right now. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate the fact that there's a community of guys who are ready, willing, and able to kind of jump in to the shit with you. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's like you said last time, like, I don't want to just walk beside you through whatever marital life issues you're having. Like, I want to fight with you and advocate for you, and I think that that is really powerful, especially like, because everyone at some point is going to face times when they're going to have to advocate for someone and fight alongside someone. And they're going to have times when I really need someone to pull me up right now and put the sword back in my hand because I'm just done. And that, I think that's another thing is that when I was going through my divorce, it was so dark and so lonely. And not because I I didn't have good friends around me. I had great friends around Mm -hmm. me but none of them had gone through divorce. And so I felt really alone, even though I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be there for other guys for when they might be going through that. And some of them are going through that now, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to be there for them. And, and cause I had a guy, a random guy who 
was better friends with my ex-wife than me reach out to me and were like, dude, let's get together for a drink and talk. And it was huge because he had been through the shit. And he was there just to really tell me, hey, man, it gets better. Trust me. And that meant so much to me. And so I think that's another part of it, too, is just, yeah, like you said, fighting for each other, being there for each other, and picking up that sword. Because there's times where you are so done. Mm-hmm. You have no more energy. I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted emotionally, physically, everything. You need help. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that's what this group will continue to do. And the other part of it too, is I think I'm, I'm hoping that it'll develop some friendships outside of the group where those guys maybe connect like, Oh, we have similar interests and things like that. And <laughs> you know, and my friend, Justin, who I've brought up already, you know, he's a total, he's a mechanic. He's really good with, cars and things like that like maybe there's another gear yet in the group and they, sure. you get together and they talk about that or they work on a project or you know whatever it is you know um so stuff like that might come out of it too but you know like one thing i already planned is a fishing event in the spring and there was a few reasons for that one that was one thing my dad and i did sure and i loved and i still love fishing and i like to do it with my kids all four of my kids Actually, Jace has been kiboshed from fishing because, one, he doesn't really like He thinks he's going to like it. He gets out there. We get in the boat. He's like, I'm bored, like, three seconds in. And he doesn't want to touch the bait. And he doesn't want to touch the fish. And so <laughs> me and the rest of the kids decided he doesn't get to come fishing anymore. So he actually hasn't been fishing in a while. But uh, I know there, there's, like, I had a dad reach out to me last year. He's like, I want to take my son fishing, but I don't know how. Sure. And so it's like, that's another thing too. It's like, you don't know how to fish? Cool. Let's do it. I have extra rods. I have gear. Like, let's go over that. And like, maybe you can start that with your kid. You know, there's stuff like that too. Sure. Yeah. Just give him Peter's number. (laughs) Well, I do plan on trying to get Peter there because he's the fish ninja. Oh, so good. Um, well, that's all I got. I'm, I'm just really glad that you did this, that you pulled the trigger. I think it's so needed. And I think, you know, not just for me personally, but people I talk to, um, there's one of the guys who I kind of bugged about for quite a while to come. He came to the first two meetings and he's just beyond stoked about it. And it's really cool to see. I, I think as, as guys, and I definitely am so guilty of this, there's a tendency like, oh, you want to go to that Bible study, honey? You go for it. I'll hang out with the kids. I'll get the kids to bed. And yeah, it's great. And I think that it's okay that after a day of work or after whatever, to get that quiet time. And I think I really need that a lot. Just the yeah, sit down, relax, collect my thoughts. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so important that we do this as dads, as fathers, as humans. Yeah. Connect with each other. Like we're we're wired for this totally. sort of community. And I think totally. I've neglected that a lot in the last eight, nine years, so. No, and I have too, like, I think personality-wise, you and I have a lot of similarities, and I'm that way, like, I'm actually pretty content sitting at my house by myself, or with, with my kids, you know, like you said, get them to bed, and then I can have my own downtime, mm-hmm. veg out on some Netflix or whatever, sure. and I'm okay with that, but at the same time, once I engage in a relationship outside of that, like Elephant Club, or I get together with some other friends. I'm always like, like you said, it fills you back up and you're like, oh, 
Like, I've never said, I regret that. Right. Even though it's hard to get my ass off the couch and out the door. Well, it's so hard to start, I think. And I, and both Elven Club meetings we've had, I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah. Maybe I'll skip. And my wife's That's like, how I felt about the last one. Like, the my, second one. Yeah. I was like, Hannah's like, no, get your ass out. <laughs> yeah. And I came home and I couldn't shut up. Like, I was at such a high. Yeah. Because I don't get that. Like, right. I mean, we talk at work or whatever, but right. that's interrupted by the public and by other coworkers. Most of the time we're just making fun of people. <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, so anyways, um, I, I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad that we're going to try to give this podcast thing a go. I think, um, it could be really cool and we could talk to some really good people and, yeah. uh, get some good information. And well, that's the other part of the, one of the other parts of it too, is that I want to build resources. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of started that on the website on elephantclub.org, but there's some resources like books and stuff that I've gleaned some information from at a podcast, mm-hmm. but a place where we can have a central, a central place to give out resources and mm-hmm. whether that's, Hey, I know this great counselor who dealt with this or whatever. Like at that first elephant club meeting, the guys were so open and vulnerable and we talked about, uh, kids struggling with porn addictions like that came out of nowhere mm-hmm. not, that was that topic was not even on my radar yeah. at all but it was so good and to hear the dad share that and know that I have that resource if and when that pops up mm-hmm. you know and maybe whatever counselor they've been you know mm-hmm. like like I just wanted to be a resource place too because yeah. there's so many things now that with social media and everything else that are new that our parents didn't have to deal with that I'm like, I don't know, like when should my kid have a cell phone? What should I sure. Should I let them get Facebook or not? Or, you know, yeah, that goes on and on. Yeah. And it's going to continue to go on. And then, yeah. And I think that's where too, like some of us younger guys and even the younger, younger guys, mm-hmm. like the, the guy just had a baby. He grew up with that social media era. Yeah in high school and he can, I think he can speak into that. Now that I have a high school or I have high school boys, mm-hmm. he can be like, Oh, don't let them do this. Don't let them do that. Or have you heard about this? Like, yeah, that's where we all help each other. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, I love you. I'm glad you came. And, uh, I'm excited to Me too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to check us out online, we're at elephantclub.org. We have a Facebook page as well or on Instagram at elephantclub18. Also, a big thank you to the Elizabeth Station for letting us use their back room to host our monthly meetings. And thank you, too, to Sean Hall for providing music for the podcast.